Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my co-host George. Hello there. And Grant. Hello there music fans. Each episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we discuss how they discovered it, what they love about it and what makes it flawless for them. We have a Facebook group, it's called Flawless Friends and Family and it's where we discuss all things music that we love and that you love. And we post in there about upcoming episodes and what albums are nominated. And you can find the link in our show notes. And you don't have to be our real life friend or a family member no. to join the group. It's true. More, more group members, please. And of course, we have a Patreon. You can back us from as little as $1 a month and you get early access to our episodes, access to our bonus episodes and that warm, fuzzy feeling inside knowing that you'll help us spread the flawless love. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. Nice. So... Today, this evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this episode, we have guests, which is, <gasps> guests. Not, a, which is yes. not a surprise because it's in the title of the episode, so you'll, you, oh, yeah. you'll know about it before I say it, so that's fine. And you'll know about the album already. You know about the album already as well, but we, play, we, pretend, we, play. We, we play it like you don't, so that's all cool. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Absolutely. Hey everyone, my name's Matt. I'm uh, one half of Brisbane band Outer Falls, and... Yeah, my name's Nathaniel, and I'm the other half of Brisbane Band Out of Falls. And so, as Matt always says on our um, TikTok lives, we are an, what is it, Brisbane Band, uh, Brisbane Indie Electro Pop Band. Band, basically, That's it. duo. <laughs> That's it. Nice. So you're a duo, and you make a lot of noise, though. That's we it. We, we, do, do. we do have a drummer. Um, he plays in the studio and, and our live gigs. Oh, but you don't count him as part of the band. Not technically. <laughs> Maybe one day, though. Nobody, nobody loves graduates. the drummer. There's a song by a band called Nora called Nobody Takes Pictures of the Drummer. Um, so this is what I feel like it's going on with Ultra Falls. <laughs> now we Spot love on. Baz. He's a very talented, talented guy. So yeah, Full of energy. That's it. Most energetic person I think I've ever met. Nice. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah. Which is saying something when you compare himself to you. Exactly. Yeah. Although I... You've settled down I have, in the, yeah. over the years. Ever since yeah. I've had kids, I've kind of toned it down you quite a bit. Kind of it down? Because <laughs> no. you put them to have the energy oh, for yeah. you. Oh, yeah. It saps the energy out. <laughs> cool. Where can people find out all about Alta Falls? Yeah. So any social media um, platform you can find us. Uh, so Facebook, uh, Instagram. TikTok is probably our primary. That's yeah. where we've nice. seen the most growth over yeah. the last six to nine months, which has been great. Uh, so not only do we post there, we do a number of lives there. Uh, every week, which is really good, and we're just starting to get on Twitch, so starting to stream on Twitch as well. So if anyone's got Twitch, just search mm. Out of Falls and and give us a follow there as well. Nice. Um, so yeah, cool. cool. No, no it's, I have Twitch, like, but for gaming. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I still know nothing. And Nathaniel's <laughs> in the last two weeks since I've been in Baby Town, I've had a baby. Everybody, well, I guess we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, we'll. Yeah, um, yeah I'm sure. But we will. Um, Nathaniel's been doing a lot of the research into Twitch because I thought 100 percent it's just gaming as well, but. No, there's heaps of musicians on there and hmm. they, they share their music and people stream in and, and nice. watch and enjoy. So, um, so yeah, you're, you're going one. where the young people are. Yes. Apparently, yes. Yeah. We're, nice. we're finding out very quickly. Yeah, that we're not able to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed. Ever since I got a granddaughter, I'm not allowed to use TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like one of the rules of having a two-year-old like running around playing with your Lego. It's like you're not allowed young people things anymore. There you go. It's brutal, oh. hey? Tough brutal. rules. Brutal. Tough yeah, rules. it is tough rules. <laughs> cool. Would you like to let us know what album you've nominated today? Yeah, we have nominated 12-4, which is by an awesome Australian band called The Paper Kites.
There you go. So, Paper Kites released 12-4, second album, uh, released on 28th of August 2015, which makes it one of the most recent albums we've ever covered. Yep. So, save for the ones that we did that were literally the ones released that year. <laughs> that was kind of the point. On uh, Wonderlick Entertainment and Sony Music Australia. So, how did you guys find out about the Paper Kites? Was this your first exposure to them? Had you known about them before this? What? How did you get into this album? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I have a different recollection to Matt. <laughs> so I have a recollection that he happened to know um, someone who was good friends with the drummer who was living in Melbourne. And Matt has zero recollection of that story. Absolutely <laughs> no recollection at all. I knew the band. Um, I'd, I'd listened to a lot of their previous stuff. I mean, their previous stuff's a lot more folky and acoustic and, and laid back. Uh, and this album is, I guess, a, in a big new direction compared to their old stuff and what really got me into the Paper Kites, but I do not have any <laughs> recollection of me saying I know anyone who knows the drummer. So You are such you a go. musician. I, just, like, yeah. I, can't I don't know if that. that's my memory going. It's not it's not good, but um, it, obviously it was me that sort of said, hey, you should check this band out um, called the Paper Kites, particularly this album, 12-4. Um, a couple of tracks, like their first single on the track was, uh, first single from the album, sorry, was uh, Electric Indigo, mm-hmm. which they released in 2015 as well. Yeah. And that is by far my favourite track mm-hmm. personally on the album. I just mm-hmm. think it's it's just, it's almost the perfect song. It's nice. a good, oh, good yeah. opener. Yeah. yeah. So they're on um, the, they were on the label of Network, um, which have one of my favourite bands, Los Campesinos, um, who are a Welsh indie fun, super duper cute so band, but also Joanna Grusom, Lady Tron, Young Liars and Hadouken. So I thought that was a really mm. varied lineup to have mm. with Paper Kites. So if I did listen to Paper Kites, I would just on their own, I would not have put them on the same label as someone like Joanna Grusom. So okay. yeah, so that was really mm. cool. Mm. So. Um, that was just fun fact. And Gregory Calby, who did the mastering, is from Jersey and has mastered over 7,500 albums, wow. Wow. including David Bowie, Dylan, Lennon, Ramones, Dire Straits, Blondie, Iggy Pop, and then more recently, like Boniver, Interpol, RK Fire, John Mayer, and stuff like that so um gregory calby getting him on mastering was like must have been some master stroke by them because phil eck is the producer of bands like modest mouse pretty girls make graves the shins the savvy flowers band of horses fleet foxes and father john misty another collection of music that i like Mm -hmm. so Mm. thank Ah, you you for bringing that Mm. i said i said before they're on sony music australia so i suspect it's easier to get those bigger name yeah, producers and mixers and stuff. I imagine they those guys do a lot of things for the they big label. They come from that yeah. again. Mm-hmm. So, had you known them before this album came out, or was this like how did you get introduced to the band? Yeah, I, look, for the very first time, I, I think it was their single. I want to say Bloom, which I think was one of yeah. the biggest singles before this album. Mm-hmm. I must have heard it somewhere, and I'd listened to it. They, they weren't really a band that I, I had in the forefront of my mind. It wasn't until this album. Again, can't remember the first time I listened to it. Story Electric Indigo. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just, it hit me and, and just that Electric Indigo was, I need to check this out. And I think at the time, the album possibly could have even been out by the time I listened to Electric Indigo for the first time because mm-hmm. I was listening to the album. Um, and yeah, just from, I guess we'll get into the tracks a little bit later, mm-hmm. but just track after track on that album is just, it's flawless. Yeah, it so really grab, is. grab your right from the yeah, start. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. I think their mm. biggest song is actually Bloom. It might be. And mm. it's a bonus track on their 
uh, I think it's their initial EP or something like that. Right. So yeah. oh, it's wow. quite interesting that mm-hmm. the bonus track becomes their by far their biggest song. And when I was mm-hmm. looking at them on looking them up on Instagram and everything, you look at video the hashtags and things like that of the paper clients. Like it's one of the most covered songs as well. Like just mm. every artist with a picks up a guitar is playing Bloom by the paper mm. clients. So it's ma- absolutely massive. They, right. they are absolutely massive because you mm. look at Spotify. They got three point nine million followers. Which is just awesome. out of this world. But you'd speak to most people on the street, they wouldn't know who Paper Kites are. No. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm. Sam and Christina. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of people on the streets, George, had you, had you heard, when the album was Segway. dropped onto the chat, had you heard of Paper Kites? Well, I'm in a room. Yeah. I'm not on the street yeah. right now. Um, but uh, this no. This is supposed to Vox Populi as we get. I'd yeah. seen the name, the Paper Kites, mm-hmm. and never went further than that. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those, like, names in the background, like, that people, you kind of, like, hear of. But in my defence, I'm very English. Yeah. So um, <laughs> when this album came out, I had been in Amer- in Australia for um, under one year. Right. So um, it, I wasn't exposed to Triple J, and I wasn't exposed to um, a lot of Australian music. Um, so um, apart from... Brought, like ACDC, yeah, in excess, um, Powderfinger, and in excess, Powderfinger. yeah, and Powderfinger, the, and Kylie, Silver what about Kylie? Silver Chair, but yeah, so I was not exposed, but I'd seen their name around. Um, so when I did volunteering at Four Triple Z Radio in Brisbane, um, I was exposed to a lot more Australian music, so that's probably where I saw the name, but I never deep dive into it. So this is my first listening, sweet, Grant. Same question, although you have already put your hand up a moment ago as man on the street. So well, <laughs> had you ever heard of the paper kites before? <laughs> uh, my hand was up for not knowing about. Yes. But yes, thank you. No, of course, well, thank you for asking and I do appreciate it gives, I, I'd like to think listeners a, a, a little smile, raw smile occasionally that quite incredibly, I hadn't heard of the paper kites. <laughs> and when I heard the name, I thought, well, look, you know, a picture of, Mm-hmm. kite and then that was that so yeah no, no, no nothing <laughs> nothing never heard of him mm-hmm. 2015 release was it yes so yeah. no i was no changing no. nappies so right. liam um, yes a lot liam you definitely heard of the paper kites i'd heard of them but i was ah. in the same position as you i'd seen the name around but i'd never i couldn't pick a song and i'd never done a deep dive to sort of chase after and seen the names on like festival lineups yes. and Getting a lot of Triple J airplay these days, but um, yeah, I hadn't chased them at all to find out who they were or what they were about. Hey, I feel better about myself already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, this is liberating. Off the hook. Yeah, yeah nice. you are off yeah. the hook. I get yeah. the sense that most of their fans aren't even in Australia. Mm. I don't know okay. for sure, but my gut feeling is that it's probably Europe and the the US. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, they did chart in Australia to number eight. Okay. For that album. Th- this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for twelve four, um, and yeah, they had four singles. Um, Electric Indigo, Revelator Eyes, Renegade, and Too Late was the order mm-hmm. that they did it. Mm. But it's a concept album. We like a concept album, mm-hmm. don't we? Yeah. Well, you two but guys definitely like but concept it's, albums. It's a different kind of concept album. It's yeah. not a concept album in what it's about, mm. but it's a concept album in how it was made. Yeah. Mm. Would you like to tell us how it was made or when yeah, it was made? Yeah, it's very, very cool story behind it. So it was recorded in Seattle, um, and the biggest thing was he wrote it between the hours of 12am and 4am in the morning. Uh, And his whole, I guess, feel behind that was that's when an artist has their most creative thoughts and moments. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's why it was called 12-4. Very, very cool. 
Do we, know, do we know if he slept, like he'd wake up at 12 or he would just be awake at 12? I don't know if he was doing all-nighters. That would, <laughs> yeah. that would be <laughs> tough. That sounds like oh. a musician though. Like yeah. Playing, yeah. Probably so played a gig beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Time and goes, right, now, gotta, now, now I'm, go. I'm ready yeah. to go. Wired, yeah. <laughs> so a documentary was made during the recording of this album, but it was never surfaced. So out there, somebody has a documentary all about the making and no one has ever seen it apart mm. from the happened. documentary maker mm. what, right. what happened so well, maybe the band has seen it and that's why it hasn't gone out yeah, yeah maybe yeah. they just didn't <laughs> yeah. like so, it no yeah. so do you do you want to go who through the band liam yeah or matt or matt do you know the band members yeah so sam it's it's a few family members involved mm. and and sort of as well as i dove d- deeper into it um so sam bentley the the lead singer i think he started off with christina who is their keys player um, his cousin Josh is the drummer, which apparently is the person I had a friend that knew the drummer of. <laughs> yeah. No recollection Six of. Six steps from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Four, yeah. um, but also the father of Josh um, is also involved as well because he did the design of... Now, I, we pay a lot of attention to this because we love our band sort of brand is around sort of the purple to pink sort of neon mm-hmm. colours. So mm-hmm. the the whole album artwork of 12.4 is this is clock that's obviously 12.4 it's in it's this bright neon purple and mm. pink artwork so it, it stands out to us we love it um so that's, i guess that's why i looked into this um a lot more but it was actually the father of um josh mark bentley who did the neon design artwork for the neon dream um down in melbourne and then it just became he's got it on i follow sam on his personal Instagram and every now and again he does a story in his home little studio and he's got the clock oh that's uh, awesome oh the, cool the, the nice. artwork yes. actually up on the wall and I'm just yeah. like how cool is that like, that's it's awesome. just very yeah. cool <laughs> um, so yeah that's the, that's the band um, obviously there are a few other members in there as well but yeah the front man is Sam and, and um, so they brought in David Powers to yes. do back and vocals banjo and lap steel and Sam Rasmussen on bass and synth. So you said that they were more acoustic before. They have mm, a lot yeah. more atmosphere and synthy in this one. That's mm. it. It was a lot more folky, I guess. And this one was a lot more of a push in a direction of introducing a lot more, say, electric guitars mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. things like that as well to make it just that little bit more. It gone from this folky um, group to now this kind of folk indie but there's also some tracks in there that also have like a little bit of a country yeah. spin yeah, on yeah, as well um, so yeah that, I th- it all comes as to why I feel it's such yeah, a great it's kind album. of two mm. different branches from away from folk is like you're taking off to country but then also synth 80s retro kind of yeah, feel that's like. it yeah and apparently a lot of them were they like they particularly learnt instruments like the banjo that you mentioned as well um, like as an ad needed basis to, to actually okay. play nice. on, the, on the record as well so awesome. very creative Cool. So it starts with your favourite song, mm. Electric Indigo, and I would never have guessed they were folky beforehand because <laughs> it's got a drum machine and really heavy effects on all the mm. instruments. Yes, and that's actually one of our favourite things um, on Electric Indigo, that track. It's got a really awesome reverb delay on the snare drum. So if you listen closely to it, it has this, like, like this after delay every time it's hit. And we actually use that in we took that idea for for one of our songs that we released last year called rain we went to our producer and said we absolutely love this is there something we can take from that and use a similar kind of delay on yeah. a snare drum yeah. in, in what we do um in, in one of our tracks and we did so yeah we actually used them as inspiration for, for yeah so there is a, lo- a lot of effects so the colors uh, the colours and <laughs> just saying you know just to clarify just, yeah. just, 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 just yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool 
Yeah, we talk about 12 till 4, and, and yeah, that's when musicians happen. But it's also when the most dangerous conversations between couples happen, is between 12 and 4. So if you ever have an argument after midnight, you know that it's going to be the worst oh argument dear. that you're ever going to have. Mm. Um, so a lot Intrigue. of these um, are relationship-type um, concepts, and the harmonies work really well on it mm. because um, you've got Christina and Sam working well, um, and their vocals do work well mm. together. Mm. Um, but in Electric Indigo, there was a lyric which was... Distance never made me stronger, I was like, oh, man, I was thinking about going on tour when I was back in the UK and how that took me away from my partner and it didn't make me go, my heart grows fonder for yeah, you. It was like, cliche. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of cool yeah. going on tour without <laughs> well, you with another band. Isn't, like, it, isn't the phrase, does absence make the heart grow fonder or does absence make the fond heart wander? Oh. Mm. I'd never heard the second part. Wow. I never heard there that you go, bit. So... I would say absence made not very the fond princess. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not. No, no. This is again PG. Sorry, girls. Yeah. <laughs> Does absence make the fond heart wonder? Oh my gosh, Either I love or. that. Thing. Well, look, you can take it. Definitely B. Yeah. yeah well, we're, we're on this case, yeah, we all. Yeah. Well, yeah. B. It's a trop. It's a problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah distance. Trouble. Yeah. yeah. It's caused this trouble. But that one's got an a cappella outro. Yeah, it's amazing. Yep. Yeah. And it, just, it ends with that that reverb drum that we um, that I mentioned just before as well, like bringing it back to that. The other awesome thing about this song is every now and again on on TikTok, you know, we'll get a, a lot of great comments. Uh, but every now and again, we'll get you know someone comment in on, on some of our songs and say it's just a four chord song, like. What did they, whether Four they're trolling glory, well this, this is a perfect example what? of almost a two chord song hey. it's literally from beginning to end two chords except for one track. third chord in like the main chorus they hit this one it's just for one time a third chord but it, it just goes to show that all with textures and the right production and layering and everything like that it's two chords mm -hmm. and it sounds phenomenal so it does. yeah out this with the four great. chord song yeah. if you can make a two chord <laughs> four song chords too many I'm fancy hard, yeah, yeah. four chords yeah. that's two too many yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> well done because they've, yeah, they've now 50 percent yeah yeah you think you are yeah. <laughs> i used to be proud of being in a three chord punk band <laughs> too many george yeah too, too many, many. Too many. Yeah. 50 percent you got one up your sleeve it's fine yeah that's fine okay but then yeah. Just before we keep going, have you guys seen them play live? Yes. Yeah, good question. So we were so keen to see them play live that we each forked out $100 to go to River Stage to watch them be support for another band, right. uh, Passenger. And okay. so we have nothing against Passenger, but not our, really our cup of tea. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was great, actually, because we got to get right to the front and um, watch their set. And it was yeah. a bit, the, the set was a little bit short, which was a bit disappointing because being that's yeah. yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, but the sound at the River Stage being right at the front was just phenomenal. Really cool. Cool. Um, so it was a great experience. And then um, we then saw them again at the Trifford. Cool, um, the Trifford. Yeah, that's a good venue. Yeah, a couple of years later. Um, and it was probably the best sounding um, gig I've ever been to. Yeah, we knew that. Wow. Really we we they... knew that with you. Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's a there's a funny story with that. Uh, Please, that I was, like stories. I, was it too was too late the song in that in that the big, the big oh, gap yeah. that they have. So I, I think Nathaniel was just um, he was there with his wife and um, obviously we were standing side by side and this there's this massive gap in their song too late before they sort of come back in with this big heavy chord and harmonies just layered. 
and just right as soon as that silence hit I don't know what the best way to describe it is for a podcast, but Nathaniel let out a, a phrase of the climactic sort of nature um, and everyone around heard him and just broke into into laughter. Orgasmic, would you like to say? It was, I didn't expect the music, music to stop at that exact like moment. moment. Oh, right. But he let everyone know exactly how he how felt. So that. Euphoric. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably, that's a better word. Yeah. Sure. We'll go with that. That's why it was, that was why it was one of the best sounding gigs for him. It was amazing. No, it yeah. was. It was phenomenal. And the Triffid is an amazing venue. Mm. Mm. Cool. Yeah, the Triffid's mm. got really good sound. So definitely, I was like, I'm surprised even that the Riverside was so good considering normally with that sort of yeah. setup, like the support bands don't mm. get a good sound. So no, like it's yeah. all been tailored for get on, get off. the main, the main mm. band sort of thing. So but it's really good to hear mm. you know, they, they still sounded cool. And it was oh. interesting too because, because they had such different music on their previous um, albums, um, trying to mix the two together, mm. I guess, was a bit of a challenge. So I personally preferred all the 12-4 songs with more guitar in it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, there was a song they did where they all got together, I think maybe with just an acoustic guitar. Yeah. It was about it was six all unplugged. vocals. Mm. All, it was just the most amazing... Like, you could hear a pin drop in, yeah. in the room. Nice. Um, and the harmonies were just spot on. They were amazing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've had that too sometimes where, yeah, we're a band like the sound is like really synthy and produced on the album but then when they go to play it live it's like they can't replicate it yep. so they just do a guitar heavy version of it and it sometimes gives like a real new feeling to some Absolutely. of the songs stuff like that's really cool nice but sorry George I interrupted no I was going to say like because um, I listened to this with completely fresh ears so um, I had electric indigo and I was like okay I think I know what you're about and then it goes into and they yeah, and then they tricked me into a renegade where it starts with an acoustic strumming. Mm. And I was like, oh. And then um, it was like really beautiful, like twinkly guitars in between the vocals and that repeating guitar riff. Um, so like, they tricked me. And that's why when you tell me that they had folky roots, it mm. makes a lot more mm. sense now. Because mm-hmm. yep. I was expecting like um, Electric Indigo to be this kind of um, leading into a bit more of an everything, everything kind of sound. Um, like something heavier mm. and dancier and produced and all that kind of mm. stuff. But then, nah, they tricked me. Mm. So there we it's go. It's almost like they strip it back. And that's another thing too, which I think is pretty unique and not standard. Um, is using Renegade as the example with, I guess, that acoustic sort of strumming type feel. They use a lot of, with their songwriting, uh, a lot of sort of sevenths, major seventh chords and second chords and everything like that. And Renegade does use a lot of those. It's not just, say, an open standard major or minor Mm. chord. Mm -hmm. They've they've really Mm. thought about, I guess, the best way to get their chord progressions working. And to do that and strip it back to be, you know, that more, not acoustic, but, yeah, using the... I guess a lot more acoustic instruments like acoustic guitar they've done really well uh, mm. with that mm. it was interesting I read an interview with him or I got an excerpt from an interview with him that said he was asked about that where they sort of fairly significantly changed from their first to their second and he said um, we are whatever we released on the last record mm. Mm. so he's not he doesn't feel beholden to whatever they've released yes. already like if he if he insp- if he feels inspired to go in a direction on even any given song and that's why you can have synth songs next to folk songs next mm. to country songs is he just whatever he just if he just follows it wherever it takes him and he's not afraid to just be like oh I don't mm-hmm. care what not don't care but it's not I'm not beholden to what I've done already yeah which is really cool mm. uh, and I think their next album after that was actually an acoustic album just with I think it was, was only a couple of tracks on it, it was yeah, four or five tracks Sam playing on most of it yeah mm. it was an EP was it and then the album after that was almost uh, like 
in between 12.4 and their previous folky stuff. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was okay. like, kind of moved around. Yeah. I, again, I preferred the 12.4, like going to that level of, mm -hmm. of um, mm -hmm. you know, 80s vibe and, and so forth. Um, so I'm keen for them to, to go back there again. Yeah. I've kind of gone back the other way. So. Speaking of 80s vibe, uh, mm -hmm. second single, Revelator Eyes, track mm. four, I just wrote Tron. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. I was like, yeah, yeah it, that had it for me. And the vocals, um, so Sam, the vocals really reminded me of Aha. Okay. Like, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to go towards there, but you know, yeah. you and I and the whole Aha thing, you know. Yeah, I know it's well. con controversial. We have a history. Um, but yeah, so that, you know, quicker. And mm. it, this is again about the relationship in the early hours about him having control and like he doesn't like her makeup and stuff and, and there's confusion in the way she speaks and like there's all of this like toing and throwing in the relationship. But there is a synth solo. Mm -hmm. We are all down with the synth <laughs> solo. <laughs> synth solo. Yeah. There are certain things that I get very excited about. So a cappella is one of them. Hand claps is another. Woos and O's. Yeah. <laughs> and synth solos or harmonicas. So which we'll get to. And it's got a great fade out too, that track. Yeah. Which is mm. a very 80s thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grant, mm. any songs with a double tick from yourself? I can't show, give you all my double ticks away just like that. But let's talk, <laughs> if we may, Neon Crimson. Mm-hmm. So straight yes. after Revelator Eyes, just that like exactly. a gentle acoustic plucking, and then there's like that fuzzy electric behind it. Gets a, it's a, it, there's a count in, but it's whispered so yep. softly yep. you can yeah. barely hear it. And that, that's cool. another thing I love is the one, two, three, four. Yeah. Hey. Even when we did Pedro the Lion, and it was just him yeah. doing yeah. it to himself. <laughs> to himself. Um, but yeah, so there's one, two, three. But really? there's so many layers in Neon Crimson. Mm. So apparently they didn't have an acoustic guitar, like a um, a nylon string guitar. So they went down to the uh, to a local music shop. This is in Seattle, I think it was. Yes, was it? Yeah. yeah. And um, they came across this fifty dollar guitar that just sounded way better than the expensive guitar. So right. they bought they bought the guitar. Yeah. And they wanted to keep it, but they had so much gear to send back to Australia that they couldn't uh, oh. justify the cost of. Right. Even though it was only fifty dollars, yeah. justify the cost of shipping Deposted, it. So yeah. it's probably somewhere. So and that's the one that they Seattle, played so. on this one. Yeah, that's the one that was played on this song. Yeah. Wow. wow. So yeah. basically back to Seattle if they want to use it again. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> no pressure, guys. Head on back. It's a great track. There's a really lovely line in there. Again, like we're talking relationships, but did I see such an ugly confession sprung from my lips and met with open how lovely is that? Yeah, very like, nice. Just like expecting at some in the in the early hours of the morning, you say something that you expect to be rejected for, mm. but then you are still embraced. Like you're even repulsed with yourself mm. the yeah. idea that you might even that you might get some kind of acceptance from it. Absolutely, and it just happens. And it's just got twiddly, lovely sounds. Um, so yeah, and it's referencing so because they're in the US when they're recording, they're referencing like like noted sites um, around the uh, probably Seattle and the US and stuff like that, like seeing all these things and referencing it in the lyrics, which is why they probably charted um, or do, do do well outside of mm. Australia because they don't sound like an Australian band. No, they don't. No. Correct. 
would not have picked mm. this as being an Australian band at all. No, no, I'd have picked them as being an American band from the beginning, like a indie American band. No, no, I think they sound like what Australian artists sound like now. Like we're all a bit. We probably don't listen to like new modern Australian music quite as much as these guys do. You guys do, and and as like the mm. younger people do. I think. There's a lot of stuff out there now that sounds quite similar to this. So this okay. indie music has faded, has tended this way probably over the last 10, 15 years or so. So yeah, I think there's stuff out there, but it's not doesn't sound like a pub rock or an indie rock band like them from the nineties that we might be more familiar with. I think maybe just because I'd heard of them. Yeah. I just assumed they were American <laughs> yeah. and on Saddle Creek Records or something. But yeah. yeah, there we go. Well, um, can we talk about the uh, a bit of a country number? Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I like this one. Is it? I'm lying to you because I'm lost. Yeah, it's one of one of my oh. other favorite tracks. It's it brings in that yeah that country, that sort of country yeah, yeah that's it. And the harmonies in this are just um, amazing. Um, and then it's at the harmonica solo or whatever it yeah, is towards it goes, the yeah. end. It goes like, it's out, just goes again. Out on, it goes like, out on the harmonica solo. Next yeah. level again. Let's just bring that in and and finish with that. Take that. So, Love yeah. a harmonica solo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And there's an um, absolutely amazing lyric. There's also this one of, and I was once a maker of my time, a celebrated man of mind, always felt a dream until the real session. And uh, I thought it was just like a celebrated man of mind. And I mm. just thought it was a really nice thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely early hours delirium. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the vocals on this one reminded me of Elliot Smith. Mm-hmm. It had that... <laughs> that melancholy sweetness to it that just had that like Elliot Smith vibe which was something that I latched on to. He's a very effortless singer and he doesn't really um, it doesn't really get like a heart he never like kind of builds up the intensity to singing mm-hmm. very much no. um, but this entire album is it's kind of a very stable yeah. kind of middle of the road. Yeah it doesn't feel like he's straining himself to, no, push, it, to it. push it into the thing he's happy with where he's at and where the lyrics are at. And the music kind of builds around that. Mm -hmm. And so even if the song's getting really kind of intense, his vocals don't necessarily reach up to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It still sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Uh, Matt, any other of your favourites? Mm. Um, the only other one would be that, that really jumps out to me is the the Too Late song. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with just the harmonies and, and the way that they do the pauses and even like the syncopated rhythms before they sort of to come back into um, come back into whether it's a chorus. There's, but the biggest thing probably is that there's so much space around that song. Like it's really mm-hmm. they've just it's not they've really they're really clever with how they produce it. And then that might be something they work with Phil. Phil Eck is the the producer, because um, it, it, it sounds like he was pretty heavily involved mm-hmm. um, with the producing angle. I, I remember reading where uh, Sam sort of made the comments that yeah he was you know he was very forceful with his opinion and producing, um, and even if Sam really didn't want to make uh, if really if Sam didn't want to he'd make him stop doing takes if he wasn't feeling it and he'd come back the next day and continue. So he it sounds like he wasn't really used to being told so forcefully what's good or bad mm-hmm. and I thought that was very good like if you can be challenged by a producer mm-hmm. maybe that hit home for us because with our with our writing we when we started writing the, the songs that we've now recorded and released mm-hmm. we actually took a bit of time to find 
who we felt was the right producer. Like we didn't want to find someone that would just come in and say, okay, I made yes, some amount of money. Good. I'll record you, pay me. Thank you. Good yeah. luck with your release. Mm-hmm. See you later. Like mm-hmm. yeah. we, we met with our, our producers, Aiden Hogg. He's phenomenal. Uh, so he's worked with artists uh, such as Holly Holy and Jaguar Jones. He's the bass nice. player for Jaguar Jones. So he's, he's kind of a real current up and coming no. producer that's here in Brisbane. So um, we, we met him for coffee one morning and Really, we just asked him the question before we met him saying, look, here's some demos. Like, we want you to to really want to work with us. Like, that's what we're after. We want someone that actually really likes it and sees the direction that we have. Like, we've got this 80s vibe that we're after. That's kind of what we're wanting to to push. Um, And here's some of our influences and things like that. And right from when we met him, we just, it, it just connected straight away. And talking with him being like, we almost want you to be the like we're we're the two that have written the songs and and created and we've got the vision but we almost need you to be that third band member like to challenge us like actually Mm -hmm. come back to us and be you know well no i wouldn't do it that way i'd do it Mm. this way i think that's better and like we're we're pretty easy guys to work with and and thankfully we can trust like we've been able to trust him in in a number of circumstances Mm. in the studio where he's like no guys i actually think this is probably good like let's let's do it this way Mm -hmm. and we've both which is good for you in a way isn't it absolutely yeah because i i get down to the nitty-gritty details a little bit too much so it's actually nice having that different perspective and i just say you make the call and then it's out of my hands and i can we can all move Seed on responsibility exactly this is on you finishing coach yeah, that's it. yeah so you talk about too late being 18 yes so can i just say the first thing i wrote down was dire straits mm-hmm. because hey. like with the atmosphere those piano chords and then the electric triddles i was like until the vocals i was like are you is this telegraph road um and then i and then the vocals come in i'm like no definitely not but like um it it didn't lose me i was just like pleasantly surprised because my partner knows five bands and of those five bands one of them is dire straits what are the other four may i ask i'm intrigued now um, so he knows Simon and Garfunkel. Yes, he uh, knows, of course, yes. He knows Mamas and Papas. Yes. Great. He knows Glenn Miller and Frank Sinatra. Okay. Um, he, he Finished. Prob- oh, wait, Mamas and Papas? Did yeah, I mention them? Yeah, okay. Um, and he, he's got a soundtrack that he loves as well. Yeah, I've made it for him. Um, and whereas I have <laughs> a vinyl music. record collection which spans all the genres and doesn't I... Doesn't discriminate. No, does not discriminate. Um, unlike the podcast that <laughs> denounces things as flawless or not. Um, but yeah, so um, that 80 sound of Too Late um, was really cool and um, uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed. I kind of it was a good, good uh, outro. Yeah, amazing outro. Um, I thought yes. I had a little bit of um, Pearl Jam's in, Indifference. Do you know that song from the album Versus? Sorry, you've made a friend. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be friends forever, Nathaniel. Yes. <laughs> yes, I had I that do. vibe to it, and I, and mm-hmm. I kind of listened to it afterwards, and it, sonically, probably not, but just from the feeling of listening to it. Yeah, as an kind outro of, song track. So yeah, yeah that yeah, late sure. night, you know, having a glass of wine. It's just that you know the lights are down, that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Cool, Nathaniel. Are there any favourite songs of yours that we haven't mentioned yet? There's a big you were introduced to this album by your bandmate, but you seem to be well into it. The one mm. we just spoke about. Yeah. <laughs> Too Late has to be my favourite, absolutely. It's one of those songs, it finishes the album absolutely perfectly mm. um, and just transports you into a, a, different, a different world. Um, actually, I, when I was... It's interesting, when um, you invited us to do this podcast, I was thinking, 
I find it really hard to explain why I like music or mm-hmm. you know why I like this particular album, and it's more of a feeling for me. Sure. And um, I was came across this comment on a YouTube um, one of their videos, and I don't know which song they were talking about. It might have been too late. They said this is one of those songs you listen to at three a.m. with your headphones on over your balcony, look, overlooking the distant skyscrapers, and you're wondering if there are others who are as lonely as yourself. And I just thought that just encapsulated nice. what that. You know, that song in particular yes. um, felt, but even the whole album, it kind of transports you to almost like a different city mm. and a different version of yourself and you mm. can just kind of, you know, enjoy that. Um, and it's, to me, given that it was written at, you know, between 12 and 4 in the morning, yeah. it's the type of album you listen to late at night um, and, you know, can put you to sleep. Definitely. So um, we haven't talked about Woke Up From A Dream. Mm-hmm. So that's got the bluesy acoustic, yeah. but then the wailing electric solo, mm. which was a really nice contrast. But um, but it's the, super, still super bluesy. Like it starts off like moody and quiet, and then suddenly you're in a you're in a blues country song. Yeah, and it's more the vocals are more emphatic. Mm. Um, like this is the one where I said it feels like the sun is rising and everything has come together. Um, so we're at four, and it's like break of dawn type and there's a guitar solo and harmonica going on um, but there are lyrics that I love This direction always leads me to mind Like I fell into a crowd I've gone different ways and pulled me back Which is like something relatable I think sometimes I, I get like sensory overwhelm and in places and I just feel like I'm being pulled apart and it was just like a really nice lyric yeah Liam were there yes. songs that you had um, I think we've covered all the ones just that one. I did yeah um, I did like A Silent Cause um, starts with this acoustic plucking and mm-hmm. then it doubles in speed like I love a good tempo change like it's you think it's one thing and then it turns out to be something completely different um and it's like this unrequited crush and sort of saying goodbye to them and sort of trying to mm. disconnect yourself from that from that person. So he says You say all the people you know all the slowly dying from a silent cause their quiet desperation. from your quiet their quiet desperations is yeah. really nice it's a really visual um, mm. lyric he's really good at yeah evoking that imagery really well because he says covered my eyes with your hands walked me through all of your plans mm. and uh, that was really visual like I can I can see him mm. like there like at her mercy that his her mercy and, mm. and stuff and like to convey that is really nice and it's got hearts on it because um, I love the intricate acoustic and then the sweet vocals but the um he has more range in his vocals in this song too so um like a lot of the time there's a higher register kind of thing but in here there's a lot there's a lot more mixture in a silent cause mm. yeah a little bit of simon garfunkel um, vibe mm. in this song i think yeah yeah that makes sense um so yeah it's just she's leaving and he's so focused on her and it's mm. just like a it's like a god this whole like yeah, relationshipy thing going through the concept, which I like. Mm. Any other things you guys want to throw in, or we can jump to your final pick if you like. The last thing I was just going to say is um, I noticed that Sam's guitar—it's almost as if he spent as much 
time working on the melodies for the guitar as he did on the melodies for the vocals. Mm -hmm. And you listen to it in the mix and it's actually, it's almost level with the vocal set. Yeah. So you'll hear the vocal come and then you'll hear this melodic guitar part and it's, mm -hmm. it's almost like a counter melody to the main vocal. And I thought that was really interesting that, you know, they, they put that much effort into or seemingly put that much effort mm. into the guitar parts. Mm. Mm. And I really value that in music when the vocals and the guitar and the bass are all doing different things. Mm. Um, I hate it so much, and I hear it so, <laughs> so often in some pet of the- peeve? Pet peeve? Pet <laughs> peeve. Pet peeve is where the bass plays the, the root note of the guitar, and the guitar line is the same as the vocal melody, and I'm like, no, yeah. you just can all do different do things. Do something else, yeah. Just so, the X's, just no. Yeah, I, don't, I, I get so pissy about that, but they don't do that. They <laughs> do treat, the vocals are an instrument and they should be treated as such. Mm. So yeah, so they've done a really good job there. Which is a lot harder if you're playing the guitar and you're the vocalist. Yeah. Because to play a con contrasting melody on the guitar to the your vocal line is actually really hard. And I know that because I try and cover Laura Marling when I play guitar, and that's really bloody hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, because yeah. um, she's a killer for that. So, yes, that's awesome. Cool. So, I think. We're ready? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're you ready. guys want to give us your final pitch for why you think Paper Kites 12 4 is flawless? For me, it's a number of things. One would have to be I'm a massive lover of harmonies, and I think that they. <clears throat> Pardon me. I think they've really nailed that from beginning to end. Um, in saying that to the track listing, like I, I'm still a bit old school. Like I love listening to an album from beginning to end and putting the, the headphones on. And even though it's so easy to slip into your day-to-day -day routine of just like, oh, let's shuffle my library, like listening to this from beginning to end, I think just from track after track after track, I think that it just flows really well from beginning to end. So yeah, the track listing, the harmonies, and just the way that they have been so creative with the not just the vocal lines and guitar lines that Nathaniel said, but just the thoughts that's gone into just every track and how they've been able to create that texture. Mm -hmm. So that's my final pitch. Cool. Thank you. Nathaniel, anything you want to add to that? Uh, very similar uh, sentiment to what Matt said there, but um, I'll just say that, yeah, this song really does transport me into a, into a different world or a different life. Um, and uh, you can just close your eyes and listen to the entire album and um, just feel that nostalgia. But it's almost like not nostalgia of your own life, yeah. <laughs> nostalgia of someone else's life. I'm, I'm actually reading a book called The Midnight Library at the moment, mm -hmm. which is about um, multiverse and you mm -hmm. know, um, the many worlds theory, that type of thing. And um, this person who every, um, every decision that they make, it's kind of like the sliding door thing, every decision they make is actually exists in another, in another mm -hmm. dimension. Um, and so kind of, yeah, it feels like it's a little bit of a transportation to another another life that we may have lived. Wow. Cool. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. So yeah, everybody check that out. George, we'll start with you. Final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down okay, for Paper Kites. Paper Kites. So um, yeah, I'm really glad I had the opportunity to actually spend time listening to the Paper Kites for the first time. Um, it's not like I haven't had time to do it. Um, because this came out in 2015 and mm. we're recording in 2022. Um, but yeah, so um, it wasn't originally my style of music. Um, like I like real 
dirty electro and synthy stuff or I like hardcore punky stuff or I like smooth jazz. So like I have like a weird collection of music. So eclectic. Yeah, eclectic. So it wasn't originally my cup of tea, but it was so enjoyable to listen to. So I appreciated that they made their own perfect album. And I say that in the way that they do juxtapose their musical style between Americana and then synth, 80s, and folky stuff. And they put it together on an album with um, a mastering guru and a producer that would not have let put their name to it had they not have really been like approving of the album. So um, that's awesome. Um, my final listening of this album was on some really good headphones at dusk as I was walking through Brisbane City and it was like the perfect listen as I was walking through until (laughs) a track that we haven't talked about which is Turns Within Me, Turns Without Me and every time I listened to the album I was like it had that soft opening acoustic and harmonies but because it it's kind of repetitive, it didn't catch me. So the other tracks caught me in nice ways or tricked me um, in nice ways. But that one track, um, I skipped it whenever I was listening to the album. And I realised that I skipped it again tonight as I was listening to it before the recording. So um, I it's um, a three-minute, four-minute track. So if it was to be flawless for me that track wouldn't be on it and it would be a 40 minute album um, and then it would have been a flawless album but I didn't make it flawless so I'm sorry. Close. Okay. So close. So close. So close. Wow. Huh? Okay. Grant. There you go. Yes. Final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, final thoughts. Had never heard of them mm-hmm. and was um, you know quietly uh, uh, happy that you know Melbourne based band on my scissors from Melbourne. It's like we basically related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's, there's a lot of bands from Melbourne, Grant. <laughs> oh, exactly. And that's why I was a big family. Big, <laughs> big family. Big family. Yeah. Exactly. Um, loved the opening, loved the ending, and to be honest, loved everything in between. So I was quite happy to say, this is flawless for me. I really, I wouldn't have thought it, um, having not known the band at all, but I genuinely enjoyed all of it. And I thought the, the mixing, mixing of the genres was fantastic. Um, and so yeah thanks very much for mine I thought it really was a great album um, and um, I've been playing it with with Emma and um, I'd love to see them live so thanks very much I thought it was excellent thanks guys yeah Liam Liam. over to you bud so I was in the same boat as George that I yeah it's definitely a bit out of my wheelhouse I talked earlier Mm. about um, how indie music in Australia has changed so I grew up in the 90s and the noughties and that's when I came up into that stuff so I love all that stuff that was around then and indie music has has tended towards this sort of stuff more and I haven't I've sort of it's it's not that like oh I hate it because music isn't for me anymore but it's more that it's it's harder for me to find the stuff that I love it's not on the radio anymore it's you know you've got to find it and go looking for it so definitely a bit outside my wheelhouse but I was the same as George as I was listening to it I really started quite liking it but I it never hooked me all the way in I needed there was this it was missing something and I was I, I hate doing this in a podcast where we talk about music because I should be able to say what it is but there was just something missing that never quite grabbed me in the way that you guys have spoken so passionately about it. So it's obviously very clearly grabbed you and it never really grabbed me in that same way. So I enjoyed listening to it, especially for something that's outside of what I normally listen to, but I, wouldn't, I couldn't call it flawless. 
But we want to thank you for coming on. Thank you very mm -hmm. much for joining us and for nominating the album. We really enjoyed having you here. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. It was great. And we want to thank everyone for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those, so you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, or give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. And I guess we'll have to do TikTok and Twitch and some other well, stuff. Well, yeah, <laughs> someone's going to have to start filming this stuff for us. Yeah. Uh, as mentioned, we also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash flawlessamp. If you'd like to back us, please check that out. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.